Right, now, um, it's time to introduce uh, Carl Maloney, our good friend Carl Maloney, to the show. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> Hello. Hello. You all right? Yeah, it's been ages, <laughs> hasn't it? Hey, lads, you all right? Hello. Yeah, Hello. it has been a long time. Well, let's just, before um, we start rattling, let's tell you who Carl Maloney is and what you are, what you do, what you do. We need to know these things. Uh, what? I'm me. Uh, I, I run our... I... Yeah, let's, let's play another track. <laughs> <laughs> I I run RGM magazine and just started managing bands. I know that's what you kind of want to talk about, but I'm writing some music and that. Correct. Yeah, that's... you're writing some music. Yeah, well, yeah. Why would don't you think I am? I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I know you used to be in a band. Um, you've told yeah. us that story a few times. About yeah, we had a really, really, really poor bass player. Yeah, <laughs> but, but now he then he got a good job and. Uh, Became very wealthy. Scott was, was the bass player. Uh, oh yeah, uh, sorry. I see where you've just. I see just, what you mean now. Just yeah. for the sake no, of the listeners. But the uh, the RGM thing, you built that up from scratch, yeah, completely on your own, and that's hard work. Credit to you, and you've gone from pretty much are virtually no listeners to interviewing people like Sean Ryder, uh, Alan McGee, not Debbie McGee's partner. Uh, no. It's a different one, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, so you've you've. It's snowball for you, and it is still snowballing. I believe it. It's it's doing all it's doing all right. I still want it to get bigger. I'm still quite ambitious with it. I just it it started off as a bit of a passion product, and I never started off wanting to run a music magazine at all. It's just naturally developed over time from having a, a website with my name on it when I started interviewing bands at Frog and Parrot in Sheffield to to turning into a magazine just quite organically. Really, it's been quite it's been quite good. Mm. Let's talk about that then, Scott. Uh, Carl, sorry, because uh, 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 Scott mentioned about um, you know reviewing bands and stuff. But obviously, at the minute in lockdown, it's a bit of a nightmare. So, how have you how have you been going on during the lockdown with all the restrictions and everything? What What do you mean by what do you think of, of what What do you class as being a nightmare? Well, obviously, like any live gigs have gone out the window. Yeah. Um, bands have have struggled with you know making any sort of money or doing what they love. How has it been for you? And obviously, you got Sinclair on the go as well. How has it's, it been for them? It's never, it's never been busier for RGM. Um, it's only got busier during the pandemic. Bands are still wanting to release music. Bands are still wanting to yeah. do stuff. They just can't play live. The post, I nearly swore then. Probably right. So, so it, uh, for uh, from RGM's point of view, we've lost income because we can't put on live gigs that used to cover the cost of the magazine, but um we we do we, we've done it the hard way really we we want to offer a service with our gem because the, the whole market is saturated with poor blogs that are just doing it as vanity products projects and they're not offering a real uh thought out music reviews and what we stretch out stretch out to do what we set out to do is basically offer a band a service when we review them and that sometimes includes constructive feedback in it and we do that for a reason we do it because we've got a purpose we want to help and support bands develop um so we do do it the hard way some bands don't appreciate that but what what's a guy do you know what i mean it's um yeah, exactly i know i always i always enjoy reading your stuff some of the you've got some really good reviewers aren't you and uh some of the stuff that you do yeah uh, i really look and i also know that some bands when you reviewed them quite harshly or well fairly 
But if they're just not up to scratch, yeah. then the, you get a bit of stick for that as well, don't you? Because sometimes they can be like, oh, how come you dare reviewers like that? We're better than that and stuff. But it's just what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm interviewing the Sherlocks tomorrow. <laughs> and we've been quite critical of the last two albums on RGM, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting bringing that up because I'm not going to hide from that. I'm going to have a chat with them about it, and they might not even know I, anything about it. But you know, it's I think it's important not to hide away from that and be honest about how we've been and talk to the guys about I, it. I think it's a really interesting um, dynamic that call because for me. Um, you know, getting a bad review sometimes is what you want because that's a somebody's opinion, but b how you react shows a, a lot about who you are as as musicians and as people. But if you get a bad review, what's the first yeah. thing that somebody's going to do? They're going to go and check it out and see if it is as bad as this reviewer said it is. And yeah, if it, you know, I, if they like it, then great. A lot of bands are like that, and I respect bands that do just take it on the chin and um, yeah just accept it but a lot of bands just pretend it never happened and sweep it under the carpet like now what's happened but so there's, yeah. they're the people that they're in the hardest industry in the world in the music industry and they can't take a they can't take a review from one of our guys on rgm yeah. that's you know offered extra support where they're probably not used to it it's because it's because the market's saturated with people just telling everybody they're great when they're not yeah. um so we've got to stand out for it to grow and be as ambitious as what i am with it we need to be different and that's our that's that's well i think just just building on that then so obviously um rgm uh for those that don't know you do a podcast uh, and uh I, I was listening to one of the it wasn't the latest one it was the the one prior and it was where you'd had uh another music um blog call you out on social media about yes. um you know the services that you you were offering and how you went about it and i thought that was really interesting because you ended up mm. just basically saying look why don't we just have a chat about this and and yeah. you know air each other's opinions and you actually ended up coming to quite a good resolution how 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 life should be you know well share it, each other's opinion the, and um what's been great know, about this last uh, podcast series is that things have developed and changed our relationships changed over the last few weeks and it's all yeah. documented on the podcast it's great uh, yeah. the, the, a, a week after I asked her, she, she, she made a claim, Geo Blackman, she made a claim online that she'd had 40,000 people through her website in one day. So I, I asked really? her to, I asked her to prove it. Um, okay. and she, she's blocked me on all social media. Uh, <laughs> that, that speaks wonders, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Cause well, I, I've called her out on it. I don't think she's, I don't, I don't think it's realistic to, to make claims like that. We, we probably get 10,000 people through it a week. And to get 40,000 in a day when it's a relatively small blog and she's not bringing out any content, it just didn't seem right to me. So I called her out on it. Uh, five minutes passed and I got about three emails from her just saying, well, what's up? Can't you just be happy for me? And I'm just like, well, fair enough. You know, just, you know, I'm just calling out. I don't, it doesn't seem realistic. So I called her out and she's blocked me since. So I, yeah. do talk, so I do talk about that journey on the podcast as well. And because it's opened up quite a big, like, thought process in my mind about regulation and blogs because there's no regulation in blogs and that kind of stuff anybody can do yeah. what they want which is fine whatever um but on the last podcast the one that i've just just come out today the one with alan mcgee i discussed my uh, result i've been doing a lot of research on blogs and what they offer uh, so on the latest podcast and it kind of ends that chapter of having this debate about blogs where um I investigate what's going on and I tell bands about what to avoid and what to have a look out for on there too. 
which Very has good. been like a, uh, I don't know, it's quite, it's quite nice just to have an idea and see it through and document it throughout the whole journey of the idea. It's quite, it's quite interesting. So you can uh, you can check all that out on rgm.press. But um, let's move on to Sinclair. Um, so when did you um, start managing these guys now? It feels like a long time. But um, We, we went down to see them, didn't you? We, we went down yeah. to see them. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, Sydney and Matilda. That year was... Not quite. <laughs> Feels like it. It was. It was. Uh, it was in the summer, wasn't it? Because the lockdown had sort of relaxed and venues opened back up again. Is that right? I think. Uh, I, I had, I've had them on a few times in Manchester. They've they've always been like all right, um, but they had a rubbish name. They were called um, Assembly Point. So I'd, mm. I just. I so recall I, that. And I've I've always got on well with the lads. Ollie the singer's like always been quite. Always been quite like chatty with him and. Um, yeah, he, he likes it when I tell him how it is. Um, he yeah. appreciates that kind of you know open feedback and just discussions and that. So he said, "Do you want to do you want a manager's call?" I'm like, "Oh God, I don't know if I've really got time, but go on then. Why not? You know, another string to the bow and all that kind of stuff." So it's been it's been over a year, I think, about about a year, I think. No, it won't. I can't remember. I've got no idea. We'll say we'll say ten no months. We'll say ten months. Yes, yeah, just yeah, just call it ten months. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I've got no idea though. Uh, it feels like a lot longer. They're hard work bands. Um, yeah, and particularly in this time of day when all they want to do is just play live and they can't. They just sat at home twiddling their thumbs, frustrated and annoyed by that they just can't yeah. go out and play with the mates and just have a good time. So that that's been the biggest challenge of them. Just keeping them, trying to keep them positive, trying to keep them. Um, motivated really with the plan. Um, so the plan yeah. is just to bring out great music and build up a fan base. And we've been trying to do that online. They hate all the boring, you know, building up social numbers and all that kind of stuff. But that's all I've been telling them to do in lockdown: write music, yeah, and, and get ready for when and, things open back. Yeah, up. just just be as though, if, if you're not if you're not ready to fly as a band when everything opens again, then you've You've then wasted your time. Yeah, you've wasted your time. And whenever, when are you going to get all this time again? So if you're not ready to fly by the time this pandemic ends and, and the doors open at venues, then then you've let yourselves down, really. I think. Yeah, because it's a shame because some some bands have just called it a day, haven't they, and just packed up all together. You know, thinking, well, we're not going to be able to play for ages, and maybe it will just come into an end. Like Fling, I'll, I'll, the, the Bradford Bradford oh, lads. Can't, I know can't, what get, they, they, can't get an episode of Sunday Sounds out without mentioning them, can you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't mentioned Estron either yet, so oh, I'll leave that. I'll leave that. He did mention uh, <laughs> he did mention Porridge Radio at the beginning, Scott. Uh, Scott did though, Carl. So oh, uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're getting through the list. Flat music bingo every week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, listen, we, we've got a we mentioned it earlier. Um, it was obviously Valentine's Day uh, mm. last weekend, and um, uh, I was, you're going to talk about my strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, yeah. Scott did say you're a sucker for the yellow sticker. Oh and, yeah, uh, oh, well, you said, can't go wrong, can you? I, I was walking. I, I picked up two ponnets, two for uh, three quid. Thinking, all right, here we go. I, I, I eat strawberries every day for my breakfast. I like them. We're nuts and that, you know. Oh, be healthy and that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh. What did you eat them with to try to be healthy and that? Walnuts. A and lead, no, it was a fat-free Greek yogurt. A double, it wasn't Greek yogurt, it was double well, that would, extra that would thick for, cream. That was just for <laughs> Valentine's Day, that as, a, 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 as right. an extra like treat. <laughs> you, usually in the morning, it's uh, I'll send you a picture later of uh, the yogurt that I usually have. Yeah, 
Greek style uh, fat free yogurt with walnuts and strawberries. Oh, okay. Lovely. Uh, Roman is not dead. Um, uh, Carl, we we want to want to get your. I need to get your input. They were twenty so. pence. They were twenty pence each, by the way. So and how many no did you buy? You buy fourteen pence worth of um, pure bliss, and half of them turned to mush instantly. And I'm and I finished uh, them off this morning. Sorry, uh, I just thought it. the listeners need to know. <laughs> so, um, Carl, we've got a new feature uh, called mm. Guest the Year, and um, Scott's teasers with uh, two sets of. Uh, two clues so um first clues we had were it was the year screw fix opened my and favorite shop that Which... trivial pursuit open uh was released screw fix in sheffield or any screw fix screw fix was uh, started trading in, in general oh. and then the second set of two clues were it was the year that the first nudist beach in brighton opened and the year that Trevor Francis was signed for a million pounds. So that's where we're up to. Scott, do you want to give us another couple of clues? Okay. Well, have, you got, have you got any ideas of that before we carry on, Claire, Carl? Uh, tre- um, Trevor Francis is still there because that's proper ages ago. I think I, it was I, the 80s. I, I were going to say 2004 to start with, but then now you've said Trevor Francis, I'm thinking more 90s. Is it 90s? Mm, okay. 90s. Eight. Let's see. Let's have the next. Na- uh, well, na- the find the ninety-three. The, the where fi- when Wednesday and United played each other, weren't it? So were it before or after that? Mm. Well, let's have the final two clues and okay. see if that can narrow it down. Okay, right. Well, uh, the last clue I know for a fact. Luke will definitely know this, but they will go with the first clue first. Thorpe Park in Surrey opened on this <sighs> year. Boring. But this That's one is what Luke will know. This without any question. Is it James Bond? Yeah, it's a James Bond one. Moonraker is released in UK cinemas. Oh, easy. (laughs) Easy. You're weird. You're weird, Luke. But yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll keep it to myself. Any any inklings, Carl? Oh, no. Moonraker's right old, isn't it? Like proper right old. Yeah. Yeah. So early uh, 90s. I'm still thinking of United on Wednesday played in... What, so what have United at Wednesday got to do with anything? Ninety-three, but I'm trying to think. Well, Trevor Francis, the manager, of Wednesday then. Uh, no, but, Trevor no, Francis he was signed, signed as the player. Forest. Oh, signed as the player. Oh, bef- well, that's miles before that, then, isn't it? it it's got to oh, be yeah. like eighty-nine. <laughs> in British, all right. I don't think you've been listening, have you? Trevor, Trevor Francis signs for Forest in British football's first ever one million pound deal. That was the clue. I wonder why you were going yeah. about Sheffield United on Wednesday. Yeah, oh, I did want to. Oh, oh, right. No, he, he didn't. Oh, yeah, I've got. I'm way off. I weren't listening. Listen, Carl, um, you, you're going to have to find out with the uh, listeners. Uh, not, not, not long to wait, but um, Carl, can you introduce uh, the next song? It's by Sinclair and it's the new single. Yeah, I'm starving. Sinclair, SIM card city. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carl. <laughs> always, always a pleasure. <laughs> Um, right, so earlier on and throughout the show, Scott, you've been teasing us with some clues to guess this week's year. Uh, do you want to run through the clues again for uh, us? Will do, yes. Uh, the year my favourite shop, Screwfix, started trading. Uh, Trivial Pursuits is released into the wild. The first British nudist beach opens in Brighton. Travis Francis is the first footballer to sign for a million pounds. Thorpe Park in Surrey opens. And Moonraker is released in UK cinemas. What was the year? I know you know it because you're a uh, James Bond nerd, as, as I like to call them. Yeah, well, I've been keeping track of all the clues to try and uh, work out what they are throughout the show. I didn't write the sixth one down. I just wrote the year 1979 because that's the answer. And you were bang on correct. 
I'd like to have known your thought process as they were coming in, the clues. I know the last one was a giveaway for you. but Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I couldn't even hazard a guess until it got to uh, the Trevor Francis question. I thought that was the 80s, but uh, but yeah, uh, as soon as the Moonraker question came up, I knew 1979. But um, yeah, hope you did better at home. That was Guest of the Year. <laughs>